0: Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God, our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. In various places in the liturgy, including in the funeral service, which we used again this week, before we pray the Lord's Prayer, the pastor says these words. Taught by our Lord and trusting in his promises, we are bold to pray. After that, the congregation begins with the Lord's Prayer. So let me ask you a question. Do you think of praying as a bold act? Or does it seem rather matter-of-fact to you? Does it seem like something you just do? Or something that when you do it, is humbling in every way? Well, the church and the liturgy that it has passed along to us says that prayer is a bold act. But why does it say that? Well, we can start with the very first two words of the Lord's Prayer. When we pray, we are addressing the Almighty God who created the heavens and the earth and still maintains them day by day. And we call him our Father. Now, truthfully, that's a bold act. For in and of ourselves, we have no right to address the Almighty God as our Father. According to our own nature with which we were born into this world, it would be much more appropriate that we should simply refer to him as creator or father or excuse me, or almighty rather than father. After all, the scriptures teach us that since birth, we are children of wrath rather than children of the almighty until Christ claims us. And so each time we claim the almighty God as our father we are making a bold assertion. We're claiming that he is our father and that we are his children. So how can we be so bold as to make that claim? Well, it is as that part of the liturgy teaches us. We can do it because we have been taught by our Lord and because we trust in his promises. After all, today Jesus explicitly tells us how we are to pray And in telling us how we are to pray, he tells us that we are to address the Almighty God as our Father. And why? Well, because he has promised that he is our Father. Here it might be helpful to step back a little bit in biblical history to understand all of this. If we're going to turn our mind to the time when the children of Israel are there under the Pharaoh in Egypt in slavery, it will help us understand this better. When God told Moses to go and speak to the Pharaoh and to tell the Pharaoh to release the children of Israel from their slavery, God did not just tell him to do that out of the blue or without any reasoning. Instead, he told the Pharaoh exactly who those slaves were. Yes, he said those slaves were Israel, his firstborn son, and therefore Pharaoh should let them go. No, these were not slaves for Pharaoh to keep. They were sons of God, and therefore they would be saved. And they were God's sons, indeed, not because of something they were born with, but rather because God had chosen them, because he had adopted them, because he had made them his own. He tells them explicitly in the scriptures that they didn't choose him, but he chose them. You and I have a similar story. We were slaves as well, though we might not remember it clearly. We were born into this world, the scripture says, as slaves. Slaves to sin. Slaves to our own passions and desires. Slaves ultimately to the evil one. But in our baptism, God came down and he demanded our freedom since he had purchased it with the blood of his son, Jesus, on the cross. On the day of your baptism, God chose you. He adopted you. He made you his own. He said that you were his firstborn son, and therefore the evil one had to let you go. And just as surely as those Israelites left the land of Egypt and the slavery that was there, so also he has released you from the slavery that you had endured in due to your sin. And it is for that reason and that reason alone that you can call God Father. The Catechism says that when we are taught to pray our Father, it is God's way of inviting us to call upon him as dear children call upon their dear Father. And again, that is a bold act. I mean, going, imagine going up to someone else in our world that has a lot of power, and then all of a sudden address them as father, and then ask them for a bunch of good gifts because you are their children. Indeed, everyone around would tell you that was a pretty bold act. They'd tell you you didn't have any right to do such a thing. Well, we too know that in and of ourselves, we have no right to call God Father. We have no right to ask him for anything. But because he has claimed us in baptism, and he continues to maintain that relationship with us through his word and through his supper, well, he tells us that we are his children. And so we do just as Jesus has taught us. We trust in his promises and we are bold to pray our Father. There's a parable there that follows in our reading today, after the giving of the Lord's Prayer. And in one sense, it adds a whole nother mark of boldness to our prayer. For you might think that if we are going to talk to someone as powerful as God, that we might just sort of whimper in there, make a quick request and run out. But that's not what the parable says we are to do. Now this parable reminds us first and foremost that oftentimes to get anything out of anyone, One must be a little persistent. And we've learned this all in various ways. We've all thought that we asked someone to do something and perhaps actually did, and thought it would simply be taken care of, only later to find out that nothing had been done and that we had to return again and make the request again. Now, to be sure, this parable is not meant to teach us that somehow God is too busy to answer our prayers or he's somehow unconcerned with our lives and therefore doesn't hear them. But what this parable does encourage us to do is that when we feel like God is not answering our prayers quickly, well, we are to pray again. We're to be persistent in our prayers. We're to bring our petitions time and time again. We are to be so bold as to continue asking, not only calling God our Father once, but over and over and over again. And why again are we to do that? Well, because we've been taught by Jesus, and we trust in his promises. Yes, we trust in his promises that he will give us the good things that we have asked for that are good for us. We trust his promise that he will far surpass any earthly father in the doling out of good gifts to their children. No, God's gifts are far better. You know, sometimes when it seems like God has said no to a prayer that we offer to him, it's truly because he's preparing to give us something better than the thing that we even requested. But he's always listening. Perhaps as a teenager, one might pray that the pretty girl or the handsome young man, of whom we know very little about their belief, that that person might be our spouse. And yet God might say no because he's preparing something even better for us, which is a godly spouse with whom we will share our life with. As middle-aged people, we might pray that God would grant us financial success and would grow every business opportunity that we engage in, but sometimes he will say no, because he's preparing to give us a better gift, which is contentment, regardless of what we have in the bank account. As older people, or sometimes just as sick people, we might pray that God would heal us. But God sometimes does say no, as we all know. Why? Because he's preparing to give us something better, like rest from the troubles of this world and a place at the resurrection of all flesh. This prayer is absolutely clear that as we call God Father and go go to him with great boldness, he will get up. He will meet our needs. He will do it in a way that's far better than we could even imagine at the time of our asking. And so, yes, we're bold to pray. We're bold to pray. We are bold to call on that one who is the creator and yet call him Father because that is what the Lord has taught us to call him, and that is what he has promised that he truly is. We are bold to pray in consistent and persistent ways when we are in need, never ceasing to pray, never giving up, because we know that the Lord has taught us to pray in this way and that we trust that he will get up and he will help us. As taught by the Lord and trusting in his promises, we are bold to pray, or at least we should be, Sadly, sometimes we go off in one of two ways. Sometimes we look at prayer as something that we're simply entitled to, and therefore we have very little thanks for the fact that God would hear our prayers. We don't take much time to think about what a wonderful thing it is that God would listen to us and hear us and help us. And when we do this, we often think that God simply must listen to us when we pray And therefore we curse him, at least in our hearts, when he doesn't seem to answer in our judgment. Or sometimes, on the other hand, we feel that we're simply not worthy to pray at all. We feel like God will not hear us. We fear that as we're speaking to him, all he'll be thinking about is the bad things that we have done. That he might send us punishment rather than good gifts. But instead, we are to trust what the Lord has taught We are to know what his promises are. For neither of those ways of approaching prayer is consistent with those things. No, he has told us to call him Father. And he has told us that we are to pray with persistence as long as our needs remain unmet in our minds. We are to trust that he will hear and answer. We are to trust that he will give us good gifts. We are to trust more than anything else that he will give us his Holy Spirit in abundance if we just simply ask for it ask and it will be given to you That is Jesus' teaching and his promise seek and you will find knock and the door will be opened unto you for everyone who asks or receives and the one who seeks finds and the one to whom he knocks it will or excuse me the one who knocks it will be opened unto him trust in those promises let the lord teach you through those words If you have treated prayer as something that you're entitled to and therefore of little consequence, well, repent and be taught by Jesus. If you have not been praying because you feel like for some reason God's promise to hear you is simply too good to be true, well, repent and be taught by Jesus. Or if you've just simply neglected prayer because you haven't thought about it much at all, repent and be taught by Jesus. Pray to God that he might forgive you Pray to God that he might give you his good gifts. Pray to God that he might give you his Holy Spirit. For if you ask, it will be given to you. Yes, he will give you these good gifts. In fact, he does it here today. Again, here today, he forgives you of all of your sins for the sake of Jesus, for his death and his resurrection. He gives you his good gifts in every way. And he gives you his Holy Spirit in order that you might continue steadfast in that one true faith until life's end, and in so doing, have eternal life with him and all of his saints forever. So be bold to pray, for God indeed, he is your Father. He is good and merciful and gracious and loves to help his children. Be bold and pray, for he hears your prayers and he answers. Amen.